The Heat are sizzling. The Kings are beaming. And the suns are shining. As we get into the end of January, big time individual performances on Tuesday night, including any losing effort, but still LeBron James, 46 points, eight rebounds, seven assists against the Clippers, a team that he had yet to have a 40 point game against in his career. Finally did it. Now he has one against each and every team in the association and probably an extinct one. So that's impressive. Luka Doncic, 41 points, 15 boards, six assists, but again, in a losing effort to the Wizards, who just gave away Rui Achimura. Again, we'll get into that. Julius Randle went bonkers on the Cavs, eight threes. Finished with 36 and 13 with four assists as New York snapped its skid against the Cavs last night. Talk a little Cavs, too. But in the meantime, standing, still shuffling. Got a couple teams trying to break into the top of that point. And some teams that are starting to tumble. So we're going to talk about that. I'm sure we're going to get into what's nearing here in the trade deadline. We've got some news coming out on Matt Ishbia of the Suns. We were just talking about how they're starting to find their groove ever since Cam Johnson came back. But now, Matt Ishbia, he is going to have full control of the Suns in about two weeks, and that's prior to the trade deadline, which is an interesting thought because we know what the situation with Jay Crowder is. Other news, we got Brandon Ingram coming back on Wednesday. Same with Anthony Davis. It's great. Danny Green's going to be coming back soon, too. On the other hand, we've got some more injuries that kind of suck. Hamstrings and such. Steven Adams. Out with a PCL sprain. Bobby Portis got a sprained knee. At least Zion Williamson and Kevin Durant, who both have hamstring injuries. Or actually, no, Zion has the hamstring injury. KD has the knee injury. But they're going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So that's positive. So we got some ups, we got some downs. But we keep it even keel right here on Keep It at 94. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz, another episode, courtesy of the basketballnews.com podcast network and i wonder what thing we're going to talk about first because it's the hot topic Rui Hachimura to the lakers everybody celebrate honestly though for what they gave up to the wizards and this was strictly so washington could create some room they're gonna probably re-sign kyle kuzma they've got a conversation with christophs porzingis in the offseason because he's likely going to opt out, if I had to guess. They only got Kendrick Nunn back in a couple of second-round picks. However, again, for the offseason time, probably the move they wanted to make because they didn't want to give Rui Achimura that kind of rookie extension money that the rest of his draft classmates got. And now you have the Lakers on the other side wanting to bring in young talent so that they can actually put somebody next to LeBron who can score who can defend a little bit, and has room to develop still. We'll see how exactly this works out. It's an interesting trade from the standpoint of what the Lakers had to give up because they gave up three second-round picks. The talk was that there was other teams interested. Conversations were going on before the weekend. The Lakers were offering two seconds, and Washington wanted a first. 
they sniffed around. They knew where they weren't getting the first. And they said, we've got another offer. And Lakers said, what if we throw in another second round pick? And that got the deal done. Remember, the Lakers and the Wizards have done deals before, especially with the current uh, uh, front offices. So they've got a good relationship there. So I, for the uh, for the price tag, I think it's a worthwhile uh, gamble for the Lakers. You know, they need more front court help. I would caution everybody that goes hog wild on a trade like this. There's a reason why Rui was available. And I'm not saying he's a bad player because he's not. I think he's a good, solid player. But he's not going to be this cure-all. He was available because they had a log jam at that position in Washington, but also because he just has not developed the way that they thought and they did not want to overpay for him. And they've got other players they want to invest that money in, most notably being Kyle Kuzma. And you have to think that they feel really good by keeping you know Kuzma there. So it made sense that they were going to move him. I think Rui was ready to get out of there as well. Um, it sounds like before the season that there was an offer made for an extension that started around $12 million a year for Rui, and he wants more than that. And I can't blame him considering how much the cap is going up, so he's betting on himself a little bit. He will be a restricted free agent after the season, and it sounds like the Lakers want to keep him. But we'll see what he does here down the stretch. You know, the season, what what were your initial thoughts when you heard about the trade and like his fit with the Lakers? Well, immediately, as I just said, when he came in, uh, I was like, they did not like make a bad move. It's not a bad move. It's a, you know, it's something that you can, I don't know what the thing is, low risk, high reward, I guess. I don't know. Um, but for me, stylistically, I was just like, well, the Lakers got another mid-range shooter. <laughs> that was that was my initial thought because you don't want Rui to be a spot-up guy on catch-and-shoots. I know he's had success with it in the past, but this season he's down to about 33%. He's not typically a great three-point shooter in the first place. He's somebody that has to put it on the floor. Uh, dribble pull-ups. Dribble pull-ups uh, the way that he can make it happen off the dribble after a pump fake from the the perimeter you know he's somebody who's who's pretty solid at turnaround uh, mid-range jays uh you know he's got uh some decent foot speed he's he's kind of that tweener type uh that you can play at the three uh and he has played a, a lot of three for the wizards this year especially with kuzma slide there at the four so you know from that standpoint i think it works uh you don't want to you know clog the painter or anything either and he's you know a solid spacer so th- those were my initial thoughts but again well Lakers got another guy who can knock down 16 footers, you know, like that, that was legitimately my, my first thought, but at the same time, again, it's not a bad thing. It's not like Kendrick Nunn was making a big impact off the bench. In fact, I think he only played like 15 games for the team or something stupid like that over two years or two and a half years. Yeah. And Cause I, I mean, he missed all of last season and yeah. then this year he missed the beginning of the season and there's been some uh, games where he hasn't played coach's decision, you know, and even when he was playing, it wasn't a ton of minutes. He's had a couple of, I, I sure changed him. I sure yeah. changed him. He played 39 games for them this year. Yes. But Sorry. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a difference in minutes in a lot of those games. Some sure. of it was uh, sure. because of injuries. Some of it was because he legit was in the rotation, but he was like, 
you know, in the back end. Like he's been playing more lately, but a lot of that is because of the injuries to Lonnie Walker and the Austin Reeves and the Lakers depth that was really hurt. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to Rui, I, I agree with you. I mean, people look at his shooting from last year from three point range, which was, you know, an anomaly. It was almost 45%. And this year it's down to about 33%, like you said. But, you know, I think the the happy place is somewhere in between. He's going to get more open looks mm-hmm. when you have a team with LeBron James on it. He should have. And I think while his tendency this year has been more to go on the dribble and take the mid-range jumper, I think the Lakers are going to ask him, like, hey, that's cool you do that sometimes, but we really want you to stay in that corner a little bit more. We want you to shoot a few more threes because I think he was averaging about uh, a little over three so far in the season. So I think they probably want to pump that up, you know, probably get to five or six. The volume the, definitely is yeah. the, the, I don't know, quote unquote concern, I guess. Right. And I mean, he helps balance he did shoot 36%. He, he is shooting 36% from three, by the way. In yeah. January. So, I mean, he helps balance the roster because they're filled with guards. They need another wing size guy. You know, he's averaging a little over 13 points a game. That's, that's good. The, the thing I would caution about Rui though is, well, there's a couple of things. One, he ain't passing the ball. <laughs> he's not creating shots for other people. I'm just telling you right now, when he gets the ball, um, unless he's swinging it around on the perimeter, uh, this is guy, a guy that's going to rack up assists. He's shooting the ball. Um, he's not the best rebounder for his size. It doesn't mean he can't block some guys out and help other people get rebounds, but he's not a guy that's going to be, you know, swallowing up a lot of rebounds for a team Stock that needs guy. rebounds. Yeah. And on top of that, he is, um, when it comes to his uh, defense, he's not a good individual defender. He's a solid team defender. And that's what this team needs, especially once Anthony Davis is back. But it's more about consistency. And I think, especially on the defensive end, his, his entire game, I think he needs more consistency, but definitely on defense. And that's something even the coaching staff has said, like when he's locked in. And that's what you need to hear more of is he needs to be locked in. The other thing I would say about Rui is it sounds like they want to get to a spot where like he's starting for this team. But for people that really want to put a defined role on positions and say small forward, you know, power forward, things like that, He's a guy that played a lot more four than three because of the foot speed. And I think that's the only issue there is that's basically the same thing that LeBron plays now as well. So we'll see how that, that works out. I think it'll be fine, you know, because it'll, be, it'll be fine. He, he's yeah. played 50, he, uh, according to basketball reference, he's played 56% of his possessions this season at small forward. So, yeah, so, so but, that, that's a big uptick, by the way, from the previous seasons where he only played 19, 27, and 22. So, yeah, and, and that's something you, yes. that, that's something they've worked at because they needed to do that for a couple just because of the, the construction of that team, but also mm-hmm. because they've been working on his foot speed and, and doing things like that. So I think that's why they they played him there. And that's, you know, for the, for what L.A. paid, it makes sense. You know, three second round picks. It's, it's nothing to sneeze at. I, I originally thought like, hmm, that seems like a lot. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, you can buy second round picks, things like that. You know, um, it, it's fine. It's a worthwhile gamble. Now, the long-term ramifications when it comes to this is, you know, L.A. is supposed to have around 30, let's just put it at an even number, around $30 million in cap space in the offseason, you know, with – you know, the, the guys coming off the books as of right now when it comes to Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly, Lonnie Walker. And um, this bites into it because, I mean, his cap hold is around $18 million. Um, They wouldn't sign him at 18, I wouldn't think. 
I'm sure he probably wants that. But even if they signed him, say, at 14 or 15, there, there's half your cap space. So this makes me believe that L.A. probably wants to, well, one of two things. Either they have to make another move to preserve some of that cap space and operate as an over-the-cap space team in the offseason, or two, when they go in the offseason, they will be re-signing Russell Westbrook and possibly Patrick Beverly as well. So that would be things that um, you can look forward to go, um, not only for this season, but going into next season, possibly. Last point about this trade, and then we'll move on. Yeah. The thing about Rui that, that I like, though, is when he puts it on the floor, he protects it. He does not turn the ball over. And he also has that kind of aggressive alpha-ish type of play. Now, the Lakers have a lot of those. They do. Russ, LeBron, even AD one on the catch. But it's helpful that they have someone that's going to try. That's going to try and put it on the floor and make something happen instead of just stand around and expect somebody to do it. I would say, too, that the one really good thing when it comes to you him. That's, that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you're talking about a guy who everybody's like, well, he was the ninth overall pick or, you know, in a draft a few years ago, and, you know, he hasn't hit those expectations. He needs to be held more accountable, I think. And I think that's something when you play with LeBron James, that you you have to up your level. You just have to. Yeah, it and, ain't going to come. It ain't going to come quickly, I'll tell you that. I mean, yeah, uh, and, and especially if he's going to be the pocket shooter, you know, off the bat, that's going to be his role. You had guys like Channing Fry and Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, who struggled for the first couple of, you know, you could say months when when they play with him. And then you learn how to play with him. And that's that's the most difficult part um, of playing with LeBron is you got to gain that chemistry first. Um, it's not that you have to gain trust. He's going to trust you right off the bat. But he's going to learn where you like the ball. He's going to learn your spots. So you have to kind of work through that. And they have to be allowed to play through their mistakes too. And you I do, know but it's it, not ideal, especially the way that LeBron looked on that bench last night. But at the same time, it's just the reality of the situation. And the reality is that you're four games under 500, but you're still in competition for the play in spot because the game or the team that has the last play in spot right now is the Warriors and they're one game under 500. So well, that's I the, think that's the, that's the facts. And, and, I and think it's what a long-term it play. Yeah. When it comes to LeBron's side of it, though, and, you know, even when it comes to a veteran like Anthony Davis, it's all about here's what we want from you. We're all going to work together. And we're going to try to figure this out for our chemistry. But there's no more lapses when it comes to trying hard. Okay. We're, you know, you can sit there and say we're all professionals on Washington and they are. But now it's a when you have somebody that's an all time great that's on your team and still is chomping at the bit to win. Yeah, you 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 better be more consistent. You better try hard all the time or else you're going to have him in your ear all the time. Sure. No, I don't disagree there. You want to talk about that load of garbage that you put in Slack today? Do, do, do you want to bring that up? I, I feel like I, I need to talk about it because it's just it's just been eating away at me for a couple of hours before we came out of this podcast. But there is a rumor out right now. Let's let's talk about that rumor, Brian. And then uh, we'll go into your your fantasy world and land where you try and get this player. But let's go into the rumor and the the, the piece of quote unquote news that came out 
Sure. So the rumor is that um, you know Bob McCowan, who is a known uh, sports broadcaster up in Canada, a long time, very well respected, um, he did his podcast and said that he has heard rumblings from inside the Toronto Raptors that OG Ananobi wants out, that he wants to be traded. And we've all kind of been sitting there going, is Toronto going to make a move here before the trade deadline? The season hasn't gone the way that they wanted. And if they move somebody, who could it be? You know, would they, would it be somebody that's on an expiring like Gary Trent Jr. or Fred Van Vliet? Or could they do something bigger that includes, you know, the biggest would be Pascal Siakam, obviously. I don't think they're going to go that route. But other than that, OG Ananobi is somebody that like every team in the league would want, you know, a, you know, a big wing that defends and can shoot. And it would cost, you know, a steep price to get OG. So, you know, and I think that's where everybody is looking at right now because the the rumor is that if OG was made available, and that's a big if, still I think, even though the you know this rumor report came out, uh, that it would take at least two first round picks, and I think the Raptors would probably want a young player as well. You know, and I'm a professional troll when it comes to screwing with Spencer and trade rumors or made up trades. And I knew by me doing this, I wanted to see what the reaction was going to be from Laker fans. But more importantly, I wanted to see what the reaction was going to be from one Spinny Davis. And I got the reaction that I wanted because you put that in Slack and you're like, oh my God, if we talk about this in the podcast, you know, your head was spinning already and... For anybody that wants to know, here's this dumbass trade that I threw out there. By the way, <laughs> the, the, the words that I used said, for all that is holy, if Brian spews this on our pod. <laughs> I was not going to bring it up, and since you brought it up, I put it out there. I have to. I have to. I'm, 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 already, I'm already seething. Because what, what led to this, by the way, in our Slack channel, was one of our, our guys put in a tweet that said, just an FYI, obviously. And I love him to death. But... It was a Twitter account at Bucks After Dark in all caps said, boys, my source is telling me Crowder is a buck. And I responded by literally looking two tweets under it and said, what's the return? Nothing crazy. Just Giannis in a first. How the hell am I supposed to react to that? If that's in the season and <laughs> news channel, how am oh I supposed to react God. to this? It's unreal. <laughs> I, it, man, and don't get me started on these, these, these insider notebooks that, literally say nothing do not get me started on that so we're gonna leave it leave it to you go ahead and share your here's troll the thing trade though real quick. when i when i do these troll trades though i actually run them through a trade machine to see if they work financially and everything yeah and here was the trade i had a three-way trade with the lakers the raptors and the pacers okay i had the raptors got their two first round picks from the lakers they get Max Christie, so they get oh, a young those guy. Magical 2027 I know. and 29. Picks. I know they're magical at this they're point. Magical. I had the, now. I had so they were taking on very little salary. I mean, fourteen million dollars less than salary this year. They get those picks. They get a young player, Max Christie. The Pacers. They're taking on Russell Westbrook. Okay, 
And they're taking on some money because remember, they're below their salary for by $17 million. Well, guess what? I just took care of that in this trade because you're getting Russ. And in return, the Lakers are going to get Buddy Heald from the Pacers. They're going to get Daniel Tice. By the way, both of those guys are under contract for a whole nother year. So there goes the Lakers cap space. Buddy Heald makes about $21 million this year. Same next year. Daniel Tice, a little over $8.5 million this year. Same for next year. And they also get OG and Anobi as well. So this three-way deal, it works. I've made the justification on why each team should do it, and it works out for everybody. It's a wonderful, masterful trade. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Thank you very much. The mad scientist here. Let, let's look at the expected wins changes and the net, the net changes on this deal. Wait, the, the Lakers, Lakers get three players in the plus three. That's it. Plus three. And they the get Lakers. Buddy Heald and OG Ananobi. Don't even count the Daniel Tice part. I mean, Heald and Ananobi is only a plus three. What the hell is going on? Three more wins through the Lakers. And, is that for uh, the rest of the did, season? Just plus three I more than they would be getting? <laughs> Because I should be like a plus 12. I have no idea. I have no idea. But <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just staring at the Raptors return and then laughing. No, <sighs> no offense. Because oh, I love my guy, you, Dame Jones. I've already told my story about Dame Jones is how he blocked the shit out of my shot at Vanderbilt one year. I only he's, threw he's in Damian guy. Jones because he has one year left. It's a, it's a player option, but. Since he hasn't then the, played this year, he's Max probably going to do it. But I Max did that Christie because part though is is just. I like, mean, well, the Lakers got to create second round pick rookie back for OG and Anobi, and I don't care. No, no, about no. There's two picks. first round picks. There's two first round picks there, man. There's two first round picks there, man. All right, here I, I will say one thing. You were a, you were right about what Kendrick Nunn and second round picks could get you. I, I was completely wrong on that. I did not know that Kendrick Nunn, who had barely played at all this year and didn't play a year before could get you someone like a lottery pick in Rui Achimura. You were completely on the ball there. So maybe Patrick Beverly and these two first round picks can get you an all-star. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Hey man, do it my three way. And the Lakers even hold on to Patrick Beverly. You know, I, I'm going to say something that's really going to blow your mind here. Okay. And if you think that, 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 that trade thing that I threw out there was ridiculous. This one's really going to blow your mind considering what I've said about this particular player before the season. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think the Lakers really want to keep and need Patrick Beverly. Okay. He's, his shooting has come around. I mean, the first month of the season, he was atrocious. And I think he's kind of calmed down a little bit. Now, obviously, we saw him get a little cocky in the big comeback win against the uh, Trailblazers the other night and, you know, taking Dame <laughs> Lillard's broken watch. Um, oh, and, you know, I, 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 I usually hate things like that, but that man, was really too. creative. It was that really was. creative. I got to give it to Pat Bev. As someone that loves Damian Lillard, will always side with Damian Lillard. That was awesome. That, like, when, like the way he yeah. did the way he did that was that was that was really creative. It was really but creative, when, Pat Bev. Pat Bev, when he stays within himself, and typically he does, and focuses especially on defense and really amps it up, he's something that that team needs right now. And for sure, you keep, and, and he, did you did you see the way Kawhi was swatting him away yesterday? Oh, he didn't so pay was, any mind. He didn't pay any mind. He didn't respond to any trash talk. That's why knows Kawhi it. is a robot. He's good. Yeah, exactly. But but the other thing is too, like you keep hearing all these stories about 
um, guys in the locker room who have become close to Patrick Beverly and how much he's helped them when it comes to being a mentor and keeping their focus. I mean, even in that Blazers game, Darvin Ham went into the locker room with the Lakers down 25 at the half or whatever it was and literally said, you guys figure this shit out. And he left the room. Was that on video or something? No, uh, they, uh, Patrick Beverly told the story after the game. Oh, oh, okay. So, so he left, and Pat Bev stood up and said, okay, guys, let's get our swagger back. And he kind of took control and said he spoke up for the team and said, let's, let's do this. Come on. And kind of he gave the speech that kind of rallied the troops, and then they came back, and they actually won the game. So there is something to having Pat around from that standpoint. I'm not saying they're not going to trade him. If the right thing came along, they would still move him, I think. But there is a value in having him there because of what he brings to the court when it comes to he doesn't need the ball all the time. He's gotten better when it, his three-point shooting has come around. His defense is there. And it's attributes that, that some other players on the team simply don't have. Um, and they they need this more because they, I mean, who else is going to be their perimeter defenders? I mean, Schroeder's okay. Reeves is pretty good, but he's been banged up, you know, and he's going to be out for at least a couple more games. So I I could see them saying, hey, you know, we if it comes down to it, unless it's really uh, an awesome deal for us, we we don't want to move on from Pat Bev. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I I, I had enough purple and gold. Can I get it? Let me. Me too. Let me say one other thing though about the (laughs) Ananobi thing. Notice about Ananobi. Oh, good. Yeah, Yeah. Because if he really is available, and you you could sit there and say, you know, two first round picks, blah blah blah. Twenty nine teams would call. 29 teams yes. will call, not saying all their offers would be good because the yeah. again, the Raptors are going to hold a king's ransom for him because Absolutely. They, 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 they have so many, so much leverage in that situation. But the team, to me, like they can trump even that goofy little offer. I put when I say goofy, but it's a serious offer. But I mean, that offer from the Lakers, I mean, a team to me that makes the most sense or more sense, it could really trump that offer. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't like to trade their picks because they're so damn good at, at, at drafting. But if they really wanted to push all their chips in, I mean, adding OG Ananobi uh, would be one way to do that. And they have oh, all yeah. their picks. They have plenty of picks. I mean, and they, and they can easily you know match salary as well. So that that's not going to be a problem. Now, um, there's other teams as well that could do it. They have plenty of assets. I mean, the Pelicans do as well. I don't think he's as good of a fit, though. But on the Grizzlies, it feels like that could be a missing piece if they really say Grizzlies, Suns, we are going Cavs, Suns uh, as well. Suns would be a great fit. Um, and, and that's I, the thing. I think yeah. Dallas. You know, like I think I don't know what, what Dallas what has to, enough really, to offer. Right. No, I, I understand. But like, I, I, it's really hard to think of a team that couldn't use someone of OG's caliber. Oh, the yeah. way that he defends and. Sometimes he might not be on point that night from deep, but he's always going to give you everything he's got on D, um, on the ball, off the ball, whatever it may be. He's a very aware player, a very smart player who has gradually developed. And I think that is a very important piece to how valuable he is. And he's still so young. He's only 25, 26 years old. As we sit here and the season pro- uh, progresses, and we see what's going on with the Raptors and the way that they have underperformed. They're now down at the 12th spot in the East, yeah. the 21 and 27. And Nowhere it, near it, where it's most going of the other way. It's definitely it's, going the other way. It's, it's, it's going south in a hurry. And mm-hmm. you could tell, I mean, there was 
you could tell the chemistry was just lacking and it's just gotten worse seasons going on. You can see there's some hanging heads and, and whatnot, which you would expect when things aren't going well. It's a natural thing. Uh, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Like I said, you know, they've got a couple of expirings. I don't think they're moving Siakam. But if they really say, okay, it's time to move Fred, I think Gary Trent is going to get moved. But, I cha- I've changed my mind, by the way. And, and yeah, I, usually I don't hold these opinions, but just based on the, based on some body language, maybe, you know, Fred, Fred seems like he might be out of there and let's not forget too. He did just part ways with his agency parlay sports. Um, he had an that, offer before yeah. the season. That was a good, healthy, what was it like 115 million or something like that over four years, something, something so, like that. And he said, no. And you know, this is a guy that's over and over again, bet on himself and he's doing it mm-hmm. here again. He thinks he can get more money, you know, by and he's been playing agency. better as of late too. The, he you has, know, uh, in, uh, the last four games that he's played, he's been on fire from deep. Um, you know, he's been much more aggressive in getting to the rim. Oh my goodness. Uh, he has been like literally perfect from the free throw line on six and a half attempts, um, shooting 49% from deep, averaging 31, seven assists, um, couple of steals. So like just if, if this pattern is is showing anything to me, it's that he's trying to one not only help his team win, of course, but like show that like, okay, uh, I'm healthy now. I'm ready to go. If you want, you know, come and get me you know, type of type of uh, numbers out there. And I think it's not a coincidence that the Raptors have been playing through Scotty Barnes a lot more. Yeah. I think like Scotty is catching um, as many. Pa- I wrote, I read a great article by uh, Vivek uh, Jacob that detailed how much they're playing through Scotty Barnes, um, the uptick in his scoring, but also the uptick in his like assist percentage um, and the way that he's been kind of the hub for them. Um, so, uh, and, and that's been like one positive thing that's been, you know, even through like this four losses and six games stretch type of type of play um, is that they're, they're bringing Scotty along and they've, they've been, you know, closer losses too. Like it sucks. Like they could have easily been closer to 500 with some of these losses, but they weren't able to do it. Um, but, Where do you think that Fran yeah. Van Vliet, Fits if if they're going to move him, which team do you think will be the most aggressive in going after him? Because you know, I, the teams uh, I think I've heard the most like we've heard the Heat. I'm curious about that because obviously you know, he's going to be a free agent after the season. You know, yeah. you know, do they have enough picks? Is it about know, who can the, pay him, or is it about? Well, it's got to be about you know, it's got to be the Raptors aren't going to care about who pays them. It's because be Dallas about, is like, the first one that comes to mind. The Clippers da- I've seen have been interested. Dallas probably has enough picks, but I don't know if they have anything else really of interest, especially when it comes to matching salary. When it comes to the Heat, it would have to basically be Cal Lowry. And, um, you know, I think they only have two picks right now. The Suns, now the Suns could get a little interesting. So, I mean, I know we're going to talk about this, but, you know, Matt Ishbia is taking over control of that team probably within the next two weeks before the trade deadline. New owner, you know, he's going to want to be aggressive, put a stamp on the team right up. Jay Crowder's got to be happy. Right. There's already a report saying that the Suns are starting to look post Chris Paul. You know, he's 37 years old and has been showing a little bit of his age this year. They've got to cut it. Some injuries. Not, not to interrupt. They got to cut it down the middle. They got to do what 
they got to do what Kobe Altman did in LeBron's last season, right? Um, and I'm not saying this is like the end of Chris Paul and Phoenix this year, but they got to do the, they got to cut it in half. You got to get players who can contribute now, but can also still be a part of your future, right? right. And, and you got to regain some assets. That's all it's about. But Fred can do that. But the problem to me is if you still have Chris Paul on that team and you bring in a Fred Van Vliet, are you playing them at the same time? And if so, that's and then you a have Devin tiny Booker. backcourt. You have, Devin, a, yeah, you have yeah. Devin Booker. You're going to play three a, guard set? Play with Mikel at the four? Cam I mean, Johnson at the five? You've got no size on that team. So to me, I don't know if the Suns make sense for Fred. They they obviously do for, for OG, but I don't know if Van Vliet fits there. But the other team that's kind of been linked to Van Vliet would be the Clippers because of the, yeah. what they've had going on at point guard. It sounds like they don't, it might be just be posturing, but they don't want to include Terrence Mann in any deal. I I think maybe if the right deal came along, but they really like him. And they, you know, they've, you know, John Wall has not worked out so far this year. You know, you know, Reggie Jackson's been up and down. So it's just like they, they need some stabilization there at point guard. And Fred could do that. I don't know if the money would work out, but I got I got an idea. Yeah. Got an idea. Two teams mm-hmm. that have failed to meet expectations, right? They're below 500 and fighting for a play-in spot. What about DeMar going back to Toronto? That would be just interesting. Thought. Just a thought, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how I the money gonna, works. I don't I, know how I, the money works, but Van Vliet to Chicago, right? You, you keep, still keep a ball handler. You let Zach Levine still run the show. I think I don't know if Toronto wants to go that direction because they've already been there, done that with Demar. Yeah, but I see where you're coming from. I mean, no, like literally yeah. just a just a thought. Um, well, here's another thought too of some Miami the team. I don't know. Yeah, I mentioned Miami, but the Orlando Magic are a team that people have kind of wondered about. Like, oh, could they be a little bit more aggressive this year? Oh, even I love, though I love I love the Magic. I love the Magic. If you look, they're they have a a, a five man. Net rating um, with their starting five, I believe it is. And it could be wrong. Maybe maybe Bull Bull is a part of this. But I know it includes Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Franz Wagner, Paolo Vancaro, and Wendell Carter. Uh, they have minimum, I think it is 150 minutes. They have the second best net rating in the entire NBA. Mm. That's That's amazing. First I can understand their justification, all, though. They're coming off. Uh, they, they just won the season series against the, the Celtics. The Celtics are at the top of the NBA, folks. Now, this is where this is where it gets a little bit more complicated. Their bench unit individually, they have some really good players. Uh, together, eh, sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, you know, the logjam at the the guard position. We obviously know with Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. Um, you know, and Marco Fultz. Yeah, well, Markel's got the starting spot as he should because he is having a hell of a year, man. And Gary, Gary Harris, I know that was a lot of people's trade targets, and maybe that's still the case. Who knows? Because he's probably not a part of the future per se. He's twenty eight years old. He's more of in his prime than he is of the most of these young cats. You probably want to see a little bit more time for you know guys like bowl and you want to see you know more time for guys like Cole Anthony Jalen Suggs depending on what the lineups are going to be right you also got Jonathan Isaac back and what a wonderful sight that was for him to come out and and have the game he did um in in just under 10 minutes scoring 10 points knocking down a couple of trays 
uh, getting getting a couple steals. It's been really good to see him just back in general. Um, but this team, it has. I think I think Jalen Brown said it best. It has it has it has those Cavs vibes. It has that like last year's Cavs kind of deal. Um, maybe a couple years ago Toronto kind of deal, where you're gonna get the best from them every night. They might not. They might not uh, have it on the defensive end every once in a while. But they have the personnel. I think they absolutely have the coach in Jamal Mosley. And they've just been a blast to watch in the open floor. Did you see that alley-oop from Franz to Cole Anthony in the open floor? Oh, man. Well, we're lucky. We we had uh, Alex Kennedy down there covering that for us, too. And he had some sweet videos. But go ahead. No, everybody but jumped out of the seats. Even the announcers. I mean, when it comes to David Stew and Jeff Turner, man, uh, they were going crazy, and they should be. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, and the reason you know I I mentioned Van Vliet with that team is like you can see that they've already got some key pieces there, but do they really want to take that next step right now during the middle of the season or wait to the off season or whatever to say let's get something a little bit more tangible from a standpoint of like we've got all this young talent. What if we had a real veteran that's won big games, that's won a championship, and bring that presence in here? And and Fred would be one of those guys. I mean, nothing against who the Magic have a point guard right now, but you got a guy like him. He's he's a guy that's going to organize everything. I think it can help people be accountable. You you would try to probably, if you were Toronto, you would probably ask for, let's see, Terrence Ross. Maybe you'd ask for um, Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony. I think you would and, ask for Jalen Suggs. I, yeah, I think you would ask for Suggs, and, and then some you would picks. have you would have a point guard with you know the ability to kind of get a new start. Uh, it, you know yeah. he he's you know close to the the Canada area. He's from Minnesota, uh, so he'd be playing closer to home. I mean, I don't know uh, the numbers off the top of my head. Yeah, no, off, off the top either. of my head, the numbers to me it would have to be like Suggs, Ross, and a couple picks, um, probably to get him because because so, remember say, so seventeen yeah. Freddie makes twenty two million so seventeen yeah. between Ross and Suggs right? yeah so I mean you're Maybe doing you the ballpark like an, oh, like an OKK too because he's been yeah in, you know he's been hurt or something like something uh, or that you know but but day. I mean like I mean when it comes to the money I mean Suggs is still in his rookie deal Ross is on an expiring deal the Magic are probably going to be looking to trade Kim you know because that's been talked about forever in a day and now he's finally on an expiring deal I mean when it comes to the Magic I wouldn't be surprised if they move off of Obama as well you have- because he's you know well, Mamba's in the final year of his deal. Like it's a it's a team option for next year for ten million. Same thing when it comes to you know Gary Harris. So I mean they they've got some parts that they could easily you know move. So I mean I, I just don't know if Orlando really wants to be that aggressive during the middle of a season, a season where they're trying to develop guys, but at the same time if they lose, it's not the worst thing in the world considering no, get, <laughs> you know what your draft status could be. And Fred Van Vliet might I push you over to get too from. many wins. No, I get where you're coming from. And if they were to do something like that, if they were to go and acquire Fred Van Vliet, that would, honestly, that would feel exactly like C.J. McCollum going to the Pelicans last year. Yeah. I, I because, think if they were interested because it wasn't, in him. It, was, it, it wasn't a, a, a in-the-moment move just for that season. It was yeah. literally to accelerate the timeline a little bit, right? And I, and I so, think if they want to do yeah. that, it would be wait till the offseason. 
to to get Fred. I don't know if they do it during the season, but maybe maybe that's a fit. Yeah, at some no, point. Who knows? Who knows how they're you know they're going to operate? It, you look at the you look at the chart right now. You still have a long time before you got to pay Paolo Bancaro, right? You've got oh, Wendell yeah. Carter locked up for the next three years uh, and a really know, good 2026. deal. Twenty six. You've got uh, some, um, you know, uh, contracts like, like like Jonathan Isaac's the only one who's paid the highest, and he's only guaranteed twenty three point four right now. Uh, you have literally like a lot of rookie contracts right now. Maybe you're looking at the extension for Franz a little sooner than later. Um, but other than other than that, I mean. Shoot, why not? They're going to have not? a lot of cap space this offseason. They got a lot of controllable things. So, I mean, they're, sure. they're they're on the uptick. You know, you look at this season and where they're at right now. I mean, they've won 18 games. That's the fifth worst in the league. That, like I said, I don't think they want to go hog wild and really decrease their chances of winning the lottery. You know, and remember, too, they're going to get the Bulls pick as well. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they should go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they you should. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So because it doesn't it doesn't freaking matter because Chicago is just going. Even though even though they have no they have they have been playing better. I understand that they did just blow a they just blew a lead to the Pacers last night who didn't have, gosh they didn't have Tyrese Halliburton, um, and I, I think they were missing a, another significant piece too last night. Oh, Andrew Nemhard wasn't playing yesterday. So yeah, no that that was not it exactly an inspiring loss, right? Uh, well, and and by the way, speaking of Indiana, I mean, what a great story they have been because for the season, everybody thought they're going to be one of the worst two or three teams in the league, and you know they're going to be selling off some parts. Instead, they they kept them, and you know, game under five hundred right now. I mean, it wasn't too long ago where they were what the the four seed in the East. I don't think anybody. Most people thought that was going to stay that way, but you know, Tyrus Halliburton goes out and you know, they drop some games, they've fallen back to the ninth seed and it's still been a great story. They've got an ownership that has never tanked. They don't like the word tank. They don't believe in tanking. Um, ownership is older and still wants to see this team win. So, but they're a team that I think a lot of people are going to be looking at when it comes to this trade deadline and see if they're going to do anything because there are some guys that could still be on the move there. And it's not just Miles Turner because everybody talks about him and he hasn't, you know, signed a, an extension. He's going to become a free agent in the off season. You know, does he want to stay there? It wasn't too long ago where he said, Hey, I think there's something special we're building here, you know? And, but he has not signed an extension. I don't know what Indiana has offered him. Um, and there are, there's, there's a lot of questions there. There are all but five teams with 21 wins or more. That's all. That's all you like. I, I asked, I know we got into the trade deadline last week, but I asked, I literally, I texted a league executive the other day. I said, okay, so is that a domino now with Rui going to the Lakers? I got back. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so Here's if what, there's if there's if there's a league executive saying this. I, I, let me you give you what? my theory. Let me give you my theory <laughs> because I think what's going to happen is everybody's still going to be asking way too much. We're still, but we're going to see the ice start to thaw with the same February people who've 1st. been on the block forever, like right. John we're, Collins we're, and like we're, Jerry yeah, Crowder. I think, and, I, I think we're going to start to hear that the ice is thawing on these demands. On February 1st. And remember the deadline's on the 9th. 
I think okay. you'll start hearing rumblings about that. I don't think it's going to be an extremely busy trade deadline, but I think there will be some deals done. I think it will be a little bit of a higher price than normal. We're not going to get Kristaps Porzingis to the Wizards. Right. I don't think we're going to get anything crazy. I don't think it's going to be an exuberant price for stuff, but I think it'll be a little bit higher than normal. You'll get some, but it's not going to be like this massive trade deadline because I think what I really think is going to happen maybe is there's going to be some guys that are going to be out there. The teams are asking too much for, and then when they don't get that, the next thing you know, they say, screw it. We'll buy them out. And I think there's going to be some guys like a Josh Richardson or mm-hmm. a Terrence Ross or, um, well, not Doug because he's got another year left on his deal. I don't think you. Oh, get you're talking out. about expirings. Okay. Yes, I'm talking about expiring. Just Rashad Holmes. I think there's going to be guys like that. The teams maybe too too much of a value on, and if they decide not to take what is being offered at that last moment, they get bought out, and you're going to see some of those guys you know available on the buyout market. Yeah. No, that's a good. I mean, I that's not that's necessarily the best move for a team because good hey, prediction. Uh, okay, I want a first, or I want a protected first, or I want two seconds and all you're offering is a second and they say, no, no, no. And the next thing you know, okay, we'll buy them out. Does that really make sense? No, but you know, teams want to get a maximum value for a guy right now in the climate that we're at in the NBA. Everybody, I mean, everybody wants a, a, a wing who can shoot and defend yes. and everyone wants a backup pick. Those are literally the demands for every team right now. Look at you, look at what the Spurs reportedly are asking for Jakob Pertle. We want two first rounders. Well, of course you do. Guess what? I want a 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California, but it ain't going to happen right now. I thought I thought you were going to say Red Rider shotgun. Sure. <laughs> I was like, we're we're a month we're a month past Christmas. We can't we can't be talking about Red Rider. Um, By the way, that's the no, car from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> not too. I'm not too young for that. Um, no, I, that's a good point, and I, I just don't know how significant the trade deadline is going to be. Like you, you say, like, yeah. like you don't think it's going to be like hot. I was like, I think it still could be hot. I just don't know. I think there will be how, some moves, but it's not going to be like last year. Last year was kind of how effective it's going to be because everyone's yeah. in contention right now. Everybody. Right. Like, and that's why I think like the moves that do happen, teams will give up a little bit more because go and get someone for Luca. Damn it. I said that in a round table. They yeah. still haven't done it. But, I mean, the price is so high on what teams value everybody. Plus, like you said, there are so many teams that believe they're still in it. That still want to be aggressive. And for example, that's the, the, the Hawks, done. who we thought were done in the ground ever since DeJounte Murray goes on this podcast and talks about his time with the Spurs and all this stuff. They go out and rip out, rip four straight, and then lose. They lose to the Hornets after they forced that game, and then they they uh, lose to the Bulls. Like, who are who are, who are these teams? That can you can you actually pinpoint? Other than your your Boston's, your Phillies, your Milwaukee's, your Denver. Denver's. Shoot, you know Memphis with Stephen Adams being out three to five weeks. That that could be really huge, you know. Spencer, the, I don't even the, know how the, the Golden State Warriors are. The Clippers really good because they I mean, looked damn good since everyone thought they were in the ground. I don't even know what the Golden State Warriors are, and they're the defending like, like, champions. Like, but but I mean, you're right about the Clippers because they were a team that just last week, both on and off the air, I really thought like 
are they going to break up the Clippers? Like, what should they do? They're stuck in mud. They've, they've got no, no. returns on this no. massive you know, trade that they did several years ago in getting Kawhi's you know, going to win. Went, and Paul George. Well, he's going to win Western Conference Player of the Week next week. Well, yeah, because Kawhi has gotten healthy and said, I'm going to come out there and he's playing lights out. You know, Paul George has come back. And for, for point as guard much P. as a, point guard P, let's everybody yeah. uh, point guard Paul George, baby. Well, as much as, a, as all the problems we thought that this team was having and, you know, they mm-hmm. they still need a backup big. They still need some stability, a point guard. But guess what? When Kawhi's playing well, that solves a lot of problems, you know, and he's playing well. Say Terrence Mann was playing point guard, and now they got Paul George playing point guard. Yeah, they love Terrence Mann. They they love him, you yeah. know. But I mean, I still think they're gonna. They'll probably do something there. You know? And by the way, Luke Kennard is getting ready to come back. I believe on Thursday mm-hmm. night. Sure thing. Yep. So, I mean, that will yeah. help as well. It will. It will. And again, shuffling of the standings. If there is nothing that has been a theme of this podcast. All we're talking about is parody. All we're talking about is parody. By the way, let me throw one other thing out too. When you talk about, do we know who these teams are? Do okay? we know? Seriously, but tell but me. He, but, but here's what I'm saying: the Clippers. They've, I mean, they've had so many injuries. Do I know who they are? I don't know. Well, the Phoenix Suns. They've had so many injuries. I don't know, man. I can even say about the Lakers because of all their injuries. I don't know, man. How good they could be? How bad? You know, the Hawks with the you know, all their new parts there with DeJounte coming in and Collins up. I'm not exactly sure there. I mean, even the Cavs have had some injuries. The Nets, yeah. you went there with Kevin Durant and, and everything that they've gone through this season, their wild and wacky season. That's why I like, laugh I, at these I, predictions. Like, I, I don't I just, know. that. That's the thing about this year as well, because we talk, sit there and talk about parody, but one of the big parts about that parody is not only teams trying to go for it because of the playing term and all that, but because of the injuries and everything that have gone into the season as well, that we haven't seen teams be at you know 100% capacity for an extended period of time. There's a lot of teams that have not had that luxury, and there, there's been some that have, but they've also played better. Memphis has gone through a couple of injuries, but for the most part, they've been good. They've been healthy. You look at... Uh, uh, Denver, they've been healthy. The Celtics, for the most part, they've been healthy. So you're talking about teams that have been good in the past and they're healthy. And guess what? They're the best teams in the league right now. And rightfully like, so. They should I, be. I'm I, like, this doesn't even have to do with like a championship contender, but I'm looking at the Thunder, who are the 11th seed. And I'm thinking they could get to the second round of the NBA playoffs. They could like, be. And they've been I'm healthy. Legitimately thinking like that. You know, I'm thinking there can be spoilers like the Heat, dude. The Heat are fine when they're when they're healthy. Bam Adebayo is having such a good season offensively when he is getting to the middle of the floor and and taking it into guys' chests and shooting over the top, rebounding, playing the defense he always plays. Let, we don't talk about Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is having a year off the bench and is playing his tail off. Like, or sorry, not off the bench, starting. He's always been off the bench, but like starting uh, since the beginning of the season. And when he's been healthy, he's been playing tremendous ball. Like they have Jimmy Butler still. Kyle Lowry is the one that that is the X factor on the team. I understand that. But usually around playoff time, he turns it on, you know, especially after he broke through that. That wall of can he play in the playoffs? I know he has not been good lately, Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, that team could be a spoiler. You know, a 
shoot, New York, do you see Julius? Do you see what Julius Randle is doing this year? Do you see what Jalen Brunson is doing this year? I know they've had their their struggles, but they've honestly coincided with Mitchell Robinson going down. So I don't think that's any, you know, I don't, I don't think that that at full strength they're not a problem. I think I think the Knicks are good. I don't know, man. Well, let me ask I, you an existential. Let me ask you an existential question about another team that played okay. well earlier this year and trying has, to figure been, out who they are. has dropped game. off and trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Who are the Portland Trailblazers? Uh, well, I think when Dame came back, at least from the games that I've watched, Dame kind of took their identity and went to the past. So I feel like Dame's been more ball-dominant as of late, which has kind of taken Simons and Grant and, and definitely Josh Hart out of their out of their kind of rhythm. And that's something that I think they can figure out. But at the same time, uh, you know, I feel like they can't continue with what Nurk is giving them at the that at the five. Uh, I think they're going to need to play a little smaller. I love what Gary Payton brings to the table. I think you need to get him more minutes. I think you need to get Nasir Little more minutes. My guy Nas, he has been giving them so much energy this year off the bench. And I, I think that you can kind of maybe look at putting him. Ah, no, it's hard to put him in the starting lineup over Josh Harton, Jeremy Grant. That's well, tough. the problem but, with this team to me is they're still too undersized and they still do not play any perimeter defense. But because they were, Lillard they and were. Simons are so good, but their defense back there is bad. No, no they and, were but, playing defense, though. That's the thing that's most disappointing about this. Right. They started this season out as one of the better defensive teams in the league. But their, their, their size has been a problem for them, even as they've gotten healthy. You mentioned Nurkic. He's not doing anything special. And he they just, just, just kind of looks he looks clumsy out there. And and yeah. I hate I hate saying it because because Nurk's one of my favorite players. Um, I think he is kind of that old school uh mentality when you get him uh back to basket in the post. He knows how to use his body and footwork to get, you know, shots up. Um, but some of his screening uh, um, you know, moving screens, um defensively, he gets beat too much um uh, off the dribble whenever the, the teams hunt a switch out gets killed in the pick and roll. Um, it's just tough to it's tough to justify leaving him out there on an off night. And they've committed to him. I mean, he's still got three years and fifty four million dollars left yeah. on that deal. And he's that's a, good a problem. Big. Like, don't get me wrong. Like he's a yes good young no. big who knows who knows when he's playing right, he is very good. But is his body under control all the time? No, it's not. Does he get into foul trouble? Absolutely he gets into foul trouble. Dude, like Way too much foul trouble. Do you, do you see how many fouls per game he's averaging since the new year? He's averaging 4.3 fouls per game. Like, th- dude, that's ridiculous. You, you know, got to learn how to stay on the floor, first of all. And second of all, learn how to control your body. You know, the pick and roll between him and Dame has always led to good things. But it just seems he just doesn't have that control this year. And luckily for them... Drew Eubanks is keeping him, you know, afloat. He's been huge off the bench this year. 
Oh my they, goodness. They've got two big things that they've got to address right now. One is Jeremy Grant because he's going to be a free agent. He's already said how much he loves it there, but they have to decide if he's going to be part of their future. He's got a four year, like a hundred $12 million offer on the table. I think that's what they can offer him right now. And he hasn't said if he's going to sign that yet or not. I think he wants to go in the free agency. doesn't mean he couldn't come back there, but that's a big question. Then the other one is, what are they going to do with Josh Hart? Because if they're going to move a player and they talk about them being a little bit undersized, that's the guy that most people look to. He's got you know one more year left at $13 million. There's a lot of teams around the league that would love a guy like Josh Hart for he does all the dirty work. He does so many great little things. He's almost I mean, been he's, afraid to shoot this year. It's that's really that's weird. one of the weird things with him. It's There's a lot really of teams that would, weird. And if you exchange Josh Hart for somebody who could do some of those similar things, but brought more size and balance to their roster, I think that's something they would like to do. It's just, I don't know who that player is. So it's yeah. easier said than done. But I think that's what Portland has to look at right now because I, if they commit to Jeremy Grant, he signs an extension. They, ha- they have to. I don't they know. I don't commit to him. But here's the thing what do you do going forward? Because now you're paying money to him. You're already paying good money to Anthony Simons. We know about the, you're paying good money to Willard. And they just gave Nurkic that deal, like I said. So, I mean, they've committed to him to basically $18 million a year for three more future seasons. Like you're locked in all over the place with that team. And that's a team that right now is what? Four games under 500, three games under 500, 22 and 25. Yeah. And, and you're going to eventually want to try to free up time for Shaden Sharp to play, you know, like, yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like Portland has kind of been at their best when they've played the small ball. Uh, they tried Jabari Walker out doing this um, for a little bit mid-January, and it you know led to success. They won two in a row against Dallas, um, both by seventeen each. By the way, get Luca help. But <laughs> yes, I, I agree, man. I mean, we can close up I, with the I, Mavericks, but I don't I know hate, what they're going to do. Hate, but I hate the get blank help. You know, I hate that trope. But good God, man! Especially with with Maxi being out. And, and yet, you know, you have Christian Wood with this thumb injury and he's going to be out for a week at least before being reevaluated. Uh, and he's already missed three in a row and they've lost two out of three. Uh, you're going to need to get him some help. You're going to need to I get just some don't, help. I don't know exactly what that help is going to be. And I, I don't know if they have enough. Like, what does another team want? Because outside of picks, Dallas has some picks. You need another ball. Again, you need another ball handler. You can't get Luca off the ball. It's not going to work. You yeah. need another ball handler. You need my turn, your turn. That's but exactly what, is, what you need. But it, for Luca, it's going to be my turn, my turn, my turn, my turn, my turn, your turn. My turn, right. my turn, my turn, my turn, my turn, your turn type of but, deal. What does another team want though that Dallas has? That's the problem that they have right now. Oh, the other thing I, is, I, I think is, I think you could find I think you could find takers for Dorian Finney Smith. Oh my goodness. I I, but, I know that he, Dallas wouldn't like to give him up, but you're gonna have to give something up to give so, get something, you know? Right. Reggie Bullock, right. Well, Reggie Bullock, who's been shooting better as of late. I don't know if that's enough, but he has been shooting better as of late. Um, well, they gotta figure out with Christian Wood as well, because you know, there's been talks that you know, he wants a four-year extension. They, they'll offer him a two-year extension. Could they meet the middle grounds and get three? I don't know. Um, they got to figure that out. Since he's gone to the started lineup, he's definitely been, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is the, the popular name. We've heard that one yeah. before. But I mean, I mean, anybody could have had Tim Hardaway Jr. And if you Jr. don't get Luca help, by the way, just start playing Jaden Hardy. Let, 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 the, let the kid develop. 
So, I mean, there's there's big questions. Now. I mean, we're, we're all sitting there going, get Luca help. Get Luca help. Maximize this guy. Because it's you know, there's going to be a certain part where he's going to be frustrated. And you can understand that because he's like, I just need more around me. I'm not saying he wants to leave Dallas. He's just like, dude, you you got to get me some more help. I love that they Or you know, change the system. Like, they, yeah. There's the only other way. But are you going to yeah. get Luca off the ball? Is, is Luca going to run, you know, action? He's not going to be happy with ball that. Handler? No. Exactly. I mean, come on. I mean, so there's on. one, there's literally one solution. There's one yeah, solution. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that they've got to, it's easier said than done. They, they got to figure that out, you know, and hopefully they can do it sooner than later. I mean, I, I love the stuff where they go, like, you know, there's a report out there going, Luca's getting a little bit frustrated. He wants some help. And then you tell it to Mark Cuban. Mark's like, that is an absolute lie. There is no truth to this whatsoever. Oh, Mind you, there's been talk in the past where there's been stuff and then Mark has had the same reaction. And then like a day later, like a trade happens. I'm like, I know you can't really tell us, but don't call us all liars in the meantime. <laughs> um, Just a couple more pieces of news before uh, we get out of here. And then I talk about... um what I want to talk about. Um, but Giannis and Dedekupo and Chris Middleton are back. It sucks. Bobby Portis is going to be out here for a little bit um, with the sprained knee. But Giannis back. Chris Middleton back. Giannis had 20 in the first quarter against the Pistons, who didn't have a prayer in hell of stopping him. Uh, Bucks go on and score 150 points uh, and almost scored 50 in the first quarter in Detroit. So they're fine. <laughs> uh, by the way, Portis, uh, the report literally just came out. He's going to miss at least two weeks. At okay. Least. So let's, let's just mark that in about a month, um, which, which sucks, but they do have depth. Um, Joe Angles has been, been doing a phenomenal job for them this year. Um, really looks healthy and knows, you know, knows exactly what he's doing. He's a pro. Uh, you're probably going to see more Pat Connaughton. Uh, you're probably going to see uh, some small ball uh, that you're going to you're gonna probably see some Jordan War, if I had to guess. Um, Serge Ibaka, as we know, uh, has agreed to uh, with with them to uh, try and pursue a trade. So he's not going to be playing. Uh, Bobby's a big loss, but I think Giannis and Middleton coming back. That's probably going to offset that. Um, Kyrie Irving been playing his ass off. Bl- Brooklyn still holding on to that fourth spot. Big comeback in the uh, Warrior Land the other night. I think they were down 17 on the road in Golden State. Um, by the way, Golden State uh, came into town and uh, beat the Cavs with essentially half of their roster. So when they went back to the Bay, they were almost fully healthy. And uh, Steph played, Draymond played, Clay played, all that. And still lost to Brooklyn. That right there is... Uh, that's NBA scheduling, if uh, anyone had to ask me. So that happened. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. Oh, we, we barely talked about the Beam team, but I, I just want to—I just want to live in 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 this moment in the in in these graces right now of my Sacramento Kings, just completely taking the league by storm. Not only from a record standpoint, but by a fandom standpoint. But everybody just jumping on the wagon. Everyone wants to push the button and light the beam. I hope that everybody knows that I've been a fan of this team for a few years now. And to see them thriving, Domas Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox playing his butt off on both ends last game uh, against John Morant uh, after they they blew them out of the water. 
Uh, or sorry, not John Morant. I, my fault. My fault. I was wrong on that one. Ja sat out that night. It wasn't John Morant. Um, I think it was against. Let me look who this was against. My apologies. Oh yeah, against uh, the Sixers the other night, playing on both ends of the floor, coming up big stops. Uh, they beat Memphis pretty handily, but that was also because they didn't have John Morant. They didn't have Stephen Adams playing. So again, my apologies on that one. I was wrong, but still, beam team you're, remains. You're no Sacramento Kangs in the third spot in the Western Conference because the Pelicans have dropped five in a row. That's right. The three seed, three. That's home court advantage in the first round. Kangs, baby. Kangs. Monty McNair. Monty McNair getting an extension, it sounds like, and is the front runner for executive of the year, which would be like a year too late, in my opinion, because he made the move for Sabonis and Halliburton last year. And can we go back a year, by the way, when everyone was killing Sacramento? Why would you trade Halliburton? No, that's well, maybe the, because you have like a top five. I, I all right. I, I went I, too far last week. Spencer, said, yeah, being honestly, that is one of the very rare win-win trades for high-level talent we have sure ever thing. seen in the NBA. Sure thing. I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Hey, and you can look. You can look at Donovan Mitchell and Lowry Markkinen. Call it, you yeah. know, like you can look at that right now. Um, and you can look at Halliburton and Sabonis right now. I mean, you can but, look at yeah. Utah, Minnesota. Oh, wait. No, you can't. Nope. Too soon, Brian. Too soon. Oh, my. <laughs> Woo- woof. Woof. By the way, speaking of those Wolves, I know that we're going on a tangent here, but they lost to the Rockets. No offense. The Rockets are not a good team. They have some very good individual talent. Jalen Green dropped 42 on their heads the other night. Really fun to watch, by the way. Made some questionable decisions down the stretch, but to the young man's credit, scored 42 in an NBA game. Shangun still looking like a boss. But still, they're not a good team together. They went out and beat the Wolves. What? Basically, the fully healthy Wolves without Cat. But they've been playing without Cat the whole year. That's just... I don't know, man. And then if you look at one, their reporter... Um, I can't pronounce his last name. He's John Krasowski. Krasowski. I can't pronounce his last name. I'm so sorry. Krasinski. Krasinski, yes. Um, he blasted them on Twitter and then talked about the upcoming schedule that they have to deal with. And yeah, you look at this stretch going into uh, All-Star break, you're at New Orleans, and then you have a homestand. You're against the Grizzlies, the Kings twice, the Warriors, the Magic, and the Nuggets. That ain't no cakewalk. Then you're on a four-game trip at the Nuggets, at the Jazz, at the Grizzlies, at Dallas. You're home against the Wizards and Hornets. Okay, you can win those. But still... Like, you know, once they started to get some momentum together, they won four out of six. And then this happens. You, you can't do that. Not if, you're, not if you're trying to be a serious team. You can't drop a game to the Rockets. Just can't happen. So, 
What's it gonna be, Minnesota? What's it gonna be? All right. We've talked your ears off for long enough, I think. About an hour and seven in. Quick, quick thing here. Amani Bates. Oh, man, it, it was really fun to watch that. I don't know if you saw it, Bri, but he scored 29 points straight for his team. Eastern I saw Michigan. the highlights. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. killing it. And um, they weren't able to come out with the W. I actually saw Eastern Michigan a couple weeks ago. Um, but really nice to see Amani bounce back the last couple games. Um, and he absolutely should be on your radars. Uh, secondly, and I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but I'm going to finish every podcast like this until it stops. My little brother, Cade, it's been so fun to follow along with his high school team. They are one of three teams in Ohio. Three, Brian. They're one of three teams in Ohio that are still unbeaten. Cuyahoga Heights, Red Wolves. Cade Davies, my guy, 17-year-old. He won Conference Player of the Week last week. Big time shots last night on the road. It's very fun to be in the position that I'm in and know what my job is and seeing him doing it on the floor, like the guys that I cover, is just it's just a blast. But shout out to Kate, shout out to Braylon McClarty, Nate Biggers, Caleb Graff, got Eli Walton. Hope they hear it on the podcast. I'm doing it for him. <laughs> Zach Galaris, Sayshawn. But they're all getting it done, man. 15 and 0. Cuyahoga Heights, Red Wolves, 80-year record broken, Brian. Think about that. 80-year record broken for best start in school history. And this it's is crazy. Cade's. Yeah, this is Cade's second, second year at Cuyahoga Heights after he transferred. But I'm, I'm just so proud of the kid, man. Just won conference player of the week, like I said. Big shots last night on the road. Got interviewed. I laughed because I told him, if you need some media training, you know where to get it for free. He goes, I do desperately. So if you guys want to check that out, you can find that on my Twitter, which is at Spin Davies. Brian's on Twitter at Brian Fritz. I'm on Instagram at Spin Davies. He's on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review this podcast. Do the same for the Dunker Spot with Steve Jones and Nikias Duncan. Do the same for the Alex Kennedy podcast. Do the same for the rematch with Atan Thomas, the Rex Chapman show with Josh Hopkins. All of it a part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. Please interact with us, please. We would love for you to chime in on the conversation and let us know what you think about keeping it at 94. Been doing this for a little while now, man. I don't know what the years are. I'm losing track of time. I'm going nuts. But it's been a fun, fun season to talk on this podcast with me and Bri. An absolute blast. So, until our next episode, we'll bid you adieu. Take it easy.